So, uh, this is the second in a series of sermons where we focus it, or focusing on some of the names of God, particularly in the Old Testament. Uh, and there's lots of names in there, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, last week, Simon started off by focusing on the name Yahweh and talked a little bit about that. And we're doing this for one reason. We're kind of looking at these names from the perspective of the fatherhood of God and the father heart of God for each of us. I'm a dad, I've got two daughters, uh, and to be honest, I'm, I'm, I've tried hard, but I'm a pretty awful dad. And to be honest, if you're a dad, let me just say now, you're a pretty awful dad too. No dad's perfect. Every dad tries hard, every dad wants to do the best for their kids, but every dad in some way lets their kids down. I promised my kids that I would pay for their therapy when they got older. <laughs> every dad in some way struggles. And that makes it really hard for all of us who, whose dads we know in some way have not kind of been all that we wanted them to be to connect with God as father. We carry with us baggage around that that makes it hard to see God as he truly is, which is our Father God. And some of these names of God, uh, they, they describe something about who God is as your Heavenly Father. And as we, well, the aim of this whole series is to help you draw near to God as your Heavenly Father. Because when you draw near to God as your Heavenly Father, you find the perfect Father. You find acceptance, and you find belonging, and you find love and compassion. When you come near to God, you find a real purpose for your life. You find who you really are, as we've just sang. I am who God says I am. And all of you, at some point, will have had words spoken over you or at you that made you think that you are less than you are. And you need to hear the voice of your Heavenly Father who is drawing you up into a better place and discover who you are in Christ. And as we do that, we will find healing and wholeness you know, it's important that we draw near to a God who is our Heavenly Father and that we are comfortable with that and we find healing in that. Because none of us have had perfect dads or are perfect dads. And that might be news to some dads here, all right? Yeah, but you're not. You're not, you're not the bee's knees. And so as we do that, we're focusing on some of the names of God. And Simon last week quite rightly described the names of God, not necessarily his names, but almost as descriptors of God. They are there to say something about the character and the, the nature of who God is. And if we could have our next slide, please, Joe. And there you'll see some of the names of God. And uh, we're only focusing on some of those names, um, not all of them. There's a lot of names for God in particularly in the Old Testament, uh, and it would take too long. So we're just focusing on some. But some of the names are incredible and reveal something of the Father heart of God. So, for instance, uh, I think it's uh, Yahweh Rophe, the God 
who heals. And every, every good dad wants their kid to be whole as, as, mo- as much as they can be. There's uh, Yahweh Ra, God, Lord my shepherd, our God who guides us to places of safety, who guides us to places where we can feed and be nourished. There is El Roi, this is one of my favourites, the God who sees me. That's quite powerful, that actually. The God who sees me. Do you ever go through life wondering if anyone ever sees you? Sees you for who you are? Who sees through the mask that you put on? You have El Roi, the God who sees you. We'll be looking at uh, Yahweh Yaira, the God who provides. And every good dad wants to provide for his kids. And so we're going to go through some of these names and we're going to think about what they mean for us. And some of the, there's some great names that we can't touch on, like the God who is there. I love that name, the God who is there. Wherever you go, God is already there, waiting for you to catch up with him. There's no place you can go where God isn't. He is always the God who is there. And I love that idea. And so as we kind of start to develop some of these ideas, the big focus will be on how does this relate to God as our Father? And as you all know, we've encouraged you to be reading uh, Luke 15, the, the parable of the prodigal son, or as we've called it, the parable of the prodigal God, picking up from a book by Timothy Keller. And in that we'd see a little image of the fatherhood of God who allows his younger son to go and welcomes him back with open arms. Who with the elder son gives him all that he's ever needed, if only he could see it. And I would encourage you, if you've uh, not yet bought the book, to get the book. Uh, we can, if necessary, if there's enough people still want the book, we can still order it. But you can get it online fairly cheaply. If you've got Kindle, you can get it for about 4 99 So I'd encourage you to read the book. And to spend time in the parable as we reflect on some of these names of God. And you'll see there that uh, all the names, well most of the names, have a prefix, either Yahweh or El. There's only a few names of God that don't have the prefix. One of them's up there, Adonai, and there's a few others that are lesser known names of God that don't have the prefix. And the problem with El Shaddai is that name, no one actually knows what it means. That's a problem, isn't it? All the scholars, they've looked at this name, they've studied this name, they've looked at all the ancient literature, not just the biblical literature, and kind of actually decide on what the actual name means. And I've broken it down. If you go on to the next slide, please. Uh, so L is the obvious bit. That, that simply means God. El means God, particularly God who is mighty, God who is powerful, particularly that. Then Shaddai, the end bit, A-I, I, that could be translated in some cases as my, or it could be D-A-I, die, which can mean blessing, particularly poured out blessing. 
And then in the middle, the shad bit could be any one of a number of things. So start at the top. It could come from the Arcadian language. It could mean, it could be from shadu, which means mountain. And of course, that makes sense, doesn't it? Because where was God in the Old Testament? He was usually on the mountain. Moses went up the mountain to meet with God to receive the Ten Commandments and all the other commandments. Uh, Psalm 121, I look to the mountain. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. God was always seen to be in the mountains. And so it would make sense that, wouldn't it? That he would be God of the mountain. Or it could be uh, the word shad, which basically means breast, particularly in the case of nursing a child, feeding a child. And that makes sense as well, doesn't it, really? Because that's the God who is always kind of nourishing us, who allows us to grow, who wants to nurture us. That's our God. And then at the bottom, it could come from the word shadad, which means powerful, mighty, overpowering. And so the translators, who have an incredibly difficult job going back to this ancient language and trying to make sense of it, they simply said, Let's go with the word that comes up the most out of all of these words, which is powerful and mighty. It's the Lord Almighty. It kind of makes sense. And I want to look at the word El Shaddai and pick up on all of that in some way. Because I don't see it necessarily as just focusing on one thing. Maybe the Lord, when he called himself El Shaddai, was deliberately ambiguous. Maybe he wasn't defining himself in one way. Maybe he was capturing all of this in some way to say something about who he is. He is the Lord Almighty. And Almighty is perhaps the best, simplest, most understandable way of under, uh, defining these, these words. El Shaddai, the Lord Almighty. And of course, in our reading, we have God giving Abraham a promise. Abraham, who's 99 years old, who he and Sarah, they they haven't been able to have any children. And that's a big deal for them, especially because God comes along now and says, I'm going to make you the father of a great nation. You are going to have huge numbers of descendants. Of course, like Abraham must be shrugging his shoulders, like, I'm, I'm old. I've not been able to have kids before. How can this be? So is it any wonder God describes himself as El Shaddai, Lord Almighty? Because he is the only one who can do this. He is the only one who can turn this old guy, this childless guy, into the father of a great nation. And not only that, he says... This land that you're currently camped on, this is going to be your land. I know it doesn't belong to you right now, but it is going to be your land and you will remain in this land forever. And only God could do that. And I want to just kind of just draw out this whole meaning of El Shaddai a little bit. I want to focus on four things. Each of these things say something about who God is as your heavenly father. They say something about who God is as he speaks to Abraham, this promise, this promise to make him a great nation. 
And in that, you'll see how God is relating to you as your Heavenly Father. It's interesting as well, isn't it, that in the Apostles' Creed, that the early church took decades, perhaps even centuries, to, to formulate. They describe God as the Father Almighty. The Father Almighty. Because he is both. He is both your heavenly Father and he is the most powerful being in all of the universe. He is both. And we need to get our heads around that. That the one who set all the stars in the sky, who created all the, the, the living creatures in our world, and maybe even beyond this world, he is the one who is your heavenly father. He is the one who wants to draw near to you and to love you and to be loved by you. That's El Shaddai the Lord Almighty. So the first thing I want to draw out is this. That El Shaddai is the one who nourishes us and nurtures us. If that word shad is in any way to do with nursing a child, then that is important for us to understand that your God wants to nurture and nourish you. He wants you to thrive and to flourish. Do you ever get the feeling that you're simply going through life that nothing ever changes, that you're just going from one week to the next, one day to the next, feeling like you're not developing, growing, changing. That is not God's will for your life. God's will for your life is that you fulfill the potential he has placed in you. That you grow to be everything he wanted you to be when he imagined you before even the will began. God wants you to thrive. He wants you to receive all the nourishment that you can from him so that you can be the person he intended you to be. And the, the idea around nourishment also carries with it the connotation of blessing. And one of the, uh, the, the, there's only seven times where El Shaddai comes up in the Old Testament. More often than not, they are to do with the promises of God. Because only God is the one is the powerful enough to, to make these blessings come into being. But the other way in which they come up is because God wants to bless you. And so when uh, Jacob is blessing all his 12 boys, he comes to Joseph and this is what he says. Because of your father's God who helps you, because of the Shaddai who blesses you with, blessings, with the blessings of heaven above, and the blessings of the deep that lies below, and the blessings of the blessed breast and the womb, you will be blessed. Time and time again, he says, you're going to be blessed, blessed, and blessed. See, God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to receive from him all that he wants to give you. And if you're simply going through life without any sense of development or growth, without any sense of growing to be all that God wanted you to be, then you're missing out on the nourishment that God wants to give you. So he's given you your word, his word because it feeds you. He's given you his spirit to help you to grow. 
He has given you his love so that you'll always know that you belong and have somewhere safe to go. Your God, who is El Shaddai, wants you to thrive simply as a human being, but also as a Christian. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And when you feed on Christ, you will be nourished. And that hunger that you have for more in your life, that hunger that you have for more of God, can only be satisfied when you receive the nourishment of God, which can be found in Christ. Are you feeding on Christ? Because God has given you everything that you need, you can grow. You can change. You can be set free. You can fulfill the potential that God has placed inside of you. The second thing that El Shaddai speaks to of is protection. In Psalm 91, it's one of the other times where the word Shaddai comes up. And Psalm 91 says this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of Shaddai. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. And later on it says this. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you'll find refuge. You will not fear the terror of night. And later on, if you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. See, if God truly is the Lord Almighty, he is out to protect you. Like any good father would. He is out to protect you. The problem is we know that bad things happen to Christians, don't we? We've experienced it ourselves, we've seen it in the lives of other people. In what way is God protecting us? In what way is God sheltering us under his wings? All too often we focus on the things that are temporary and not the things that are eternal. When Paul is describing all the difficulties and dangers that have come his way, he describes them as a kind of temporary blip. See, we have to put our perspective into the perspective of eternity. And the one thing I can guarantee for you isn't that you will not face danger or difficulty or pain or suffering or sickness. What I can guarantee, and the thing that God will always protect you in, is that he will always be with you and that one day you will face resurrection and you'll be with him forever. And there is nothing in this world that can take that away from you. There's nothing in this world that can stop you from receiving the love of God. There is nothing in this world that will stop you receiving resurrection. See, Philippians 4, 7, Paul says this, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts 
and your minds in Christ Jesus. We will always face difficulty. We will always face situations and circumstances that cause us pain. But the things that are permanent, the things that are eternal, will always be protected. And your pain and your suffering is only temporary. It's hard for us to hear that sometimes, isn't it? Especially when we're in the middle of it. Especially when we are struggling with faith. And wondering where God is in the midst of our pain. And we read those words about protection. But what God promises is that there is nothing in this world that can separate you from the love of God. And God will always protect that. He will always protect that in you. He will always guard your heart and your mind. See, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, as Proverb 18 says, and the righteous run to it and are safe. You will be safe forever, for all eternity, because of the protection that Christ has won for you on the cross. The third thing that uh, El Shaddai speaks to us about is this, that he is sufficient for us. The problem with lots of Christians, including myself, is that we are always looking for something else. We always think that we need more. And part of that is to do with the culture that we live in, that is always after more. Always after more money, more possessions, more this, more that. And there are Christians who go through life thinking the same. If only I had more money, I would be able to do more for God. If only I had a better job, I'd be a better Christian. If only I had a partner, if only I had children, if only I had this, if only I had that. But if God is the Lord Almighty, then he is all sufficient for us. He is everything that we need. There is nothing else that we need in this life apart from God. And he is offering his whole self to you. We see that in Jesus on the cross. He has given the whole of himself to you and all the treasures of heaven are yours he is all that we need and if you're sat there today thinking if only I had this that and the other life would be so much better you are missing the point because El Shaddai is all that you need A friend of mine, Kate, who's a vicar in Liverpool, she has chosen to live life as a single woman for the rest of her time here on earth. She's chosen not to go chasing after a relationship, chasing after marriage or children. She's chosen that. And there are people both in the church and definitely outside of the church who question, what are you doing Surely you need a relationship. Surely you need a boyfriend or a husband or whatever. And her response is simple. God is all I need. It's quite a challenge really, isn't it? To think 
about God in those terms. Because most of us simply add God to our normal lives. I want to live life. I want to be as wealthy as I can. I want to have a great job. I want to do all that. And I'll also add a bit of God in because that's helpful and nice. God makes me feel good. And yet it's the other way around. We say God is everything for me. God is all I need. If I have God, I have everything. And all the other stuff, if that comes my way, great. And if not, great. I've said before that, you know, Andrew and I have had the privilege of worshipping with Christians in really deprived countries. We've worshipped with Christians in Haiti in the year after the incredible and terrible earthquake there. We've worshipped with Christians in Uganda who had nothing. And they discovered, they discovered what so many people in the West cannot discover. That God is all that they need. And so whatever you face, whatever situation you face, whatever circumstances you face, whatever addictions you struggle with, whatever sickness you have, whatever pain there is in your life, whatever you think is missing, you need to come to that point where you say, yeah, God is all that I need. Because in God, there is everything. In God, you are never alone. In God, you have purpose. In God, you have healing. In God, you have belonging and acceptance. In God, you have love. In God, you have all the riches of heaven at your disposal. In God... You have all that you need. Have you come to that point where you understand that for yourself? I know I struggle with it. And yet if God truly is my father, if God truly is the creator of all things, and if God truly is almighty in every possible way, then he truly is all that I need. And then the fourth thing is this, it's the obvious thing. That our God, our Father God is powerful. Our Father God is powerful. In Genesis 17... Here we have God making a promise that cannot in any way be achieved by any human endeavour. And we know it's been fulfilled. This is it. We look at these stories that were given hundreds, thousands of years ago. And we see today the fulfilment of that promise. That out of Abraham will come a nation. And you know, Israel, has, even at the height of its empire, was never a big nation. And yet perhaps more than any nation in this world, it has determined the history of this world more than any nation. And out of this nation came a Messiah. And from this Messiah, we know life. Only God could do that. He, only God could take an old fatherless, sorry, childless man 
and make him into something that would last forever. Only God can do that. And whatever it is you face today, your God is powerful enough to overcome it. You know, the word uh, that uh, this El Shaddai might come from kind of means to overpower. Not just powerful, but to overpower. And whatever sickness, pain, situation, circumstance, whatever addiction you face, your God can overpower it. That should surely stir up within us faith and hope. That should surely stir up within us a real sense of God wanting to be on our side, to turn our lives around. And he can, can't he? Some of you know that deeply, that your life has been turned around from the disaster that it once was. For some of you, you've lived life okay, but you know something has had to change. And God was able to change you. Whatever you face, your God in heaven, El Shaddai, the Lord Almighty can overcome it. There is no problem that you face that is bigger than God. No problem you face at all. And yet, how often do we allow the situations and circumstances we face to overwhelm us instead of us coming with them to God and allowing him to overpower them? What are you facing today? What are you facing that you try to sort out in your own strength? What are you facing today that you actually need to bring to God and say, Lord, you are El Shaddai. You are the Lord God Almighty. You are all powerful. You are the one who can overpower this now. And God can do it. But are you prepared to stop trying to sort it out yourself? Over the years, I've, uh, I've been able to walk alongside lots of people who've struggled with addiction. And every single one of them, at some point, go through a journey of trying to sort out their addiction themselves. Because they think they can do it in their own strength. All those people who I've seen set free from addiction the most powerfully and the most permanently have been the ones who've just said, I can't do this, but I know God can. I can't do this, but God is bigger than this. They get to the bottom of their strength, the bottom of their ability, the bottom of their capacity to help themselves, and they come to God broken and bruised, and God rebuilds their life. Because he is the Lord Almighty. And there is nothing in this world that can conquer his power. Should we stand? I just want us to be quiet for a moment.
Let me encourage you just to be still for a moment. So just allow your heart and your mind to stop. So that you can simply be aware of El Shaddai with us, the Lord God Almighty with us. Let me encourage you, if you want to, to simply close your eyes and to try and block out all the distractions around you. And as you do so, just be attentive to God. I really believe that God wants to set some people free today. That's not necessary from addiction, but you know, there are other things, aren't there, that hold us in their grip. Things that become life-controlling in some way. God wants to set you free. So there'll be people by the, the windows who are going to be able to pray for you. And they're going to, just going to go there now. If you're on the team, could you move uh, to the windows, please? And if you would like prayer for anything at all, whether that's sickness or situation that you find yourself in, if you're facing enemies that are threatening to overwhelm you, if you have something in your life that is controlling you and putting you in a place where you're doing things that you don't want to do, if you're struggling with sickness today, come to El Shaddai, the Lord Almighty, who has the power to overcome all things. So as we worship, don't miss up on this opportunity to receive prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you truly are El Shaddai. You are the Lord God Almighty. We thank you that you long for us to, to fulfill our potential and to be the people that you created us to be. We thank you, Lord, for the way that you nourish us and nurture us so that we can grow. We thank you, Lord, for the way that you protect us, that there is nothing that can ever separate us from you. We thank you, Lord, for the way that you are all that we need. You are sufficient for us. And even though it's, with times we chase after other things, other people, Lord, we come back to you. You are all that we need. And Lord, I pray now that for each and every person here today, that you would show yourself to be powerful in their lives. That whatever it is they face, whatever they struggle with right now, Lord, I pray that you would overpower it in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, for freedom for all who are here today. I pray for healing for all who are here today. I pray for that sense of acceptance and belonging for all who are here today. Lord, I pray for freedom. 
Lord, release my brothers and sisters now. Overpower all that is holding them back. In Jesus' name. <laughs>